0: Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, sponsored by Zwift, where fun is fast. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, it's a special
1: edition of the pod yes. for a special stage of the race. Stage 11, Strada Bianchi, stage 11, Montelcino. First viewed, of course, in 2010, wasn't it, when Cadell Evans won in the World Championships jersey. So, always spectacular. I can't wait. Yeah, an epic
0: stage to look forward to tomorrow. Thirty-five kilometers of gravel sections on the Strada Bianchi in the hills of Tuscany. We've been looking forward to it for weeks. Four, four weeks, sorry, I should say. Like you say, that 2010 stage, an absolute epic in in so many ways. Pouring rain, gravel sections. We are used to seeing the white dust of the Strada Bianchi sort of engulf the riders. Instead, what we saw was mud splattered. Yeah. yeah, almost impossible to keep your bike yeah. upright it, it was like a skating rink watching that race back yeah
1: which lended itself to cadel evans obviously and um his mountain biking background and um the bike handling and there was lots of crashes um with it being such a new thing to the race back then obviously there was a lot of um teams that it, were unprepared to say so there was a lot of punctures so yeah i think as it's become synonymous with the giro now and we've had quite a few stages and of course we've had quite a few strada bianchi since then so Lots of riders are way more prepared for it. Lots of teams are way more prepared for it and bring the right material and set up. And um, so I still think it's going to be very spectacular.
0: Cadell won that stage in, in 2010. You finished four minutes, 30 seconds behind. Um, you said on the, the pod earlier this week, you had a, a hunger knock, a real...
1: I had a puncture and then hung a hunger flat. And um, I lost a lot of that time in the last couple of kilometers. It just shows, it shows you the severity. What was it like catching up with Cadell
0: about the race today?
1: You know, it was really nice, actually. Cadell's a lovely guy and... Um, we very, very used to speak that much. Actually, in the peloton, we used to just have the odd brief chat. He was a real rival of yours, wasn't he? And yeah. So I think the relationship. He was in 2011. He was obviously tour winner. Um, I crashed out of that tour and felt I had a good chance to win it. Um, and then going into 2012, you know, ashamedly, I said I've said it last year on the podcast. He was. Um, I had fixated on him, and I became obsessed with him um, in a not a very nice way, actually, <laughs> in my head. Um, and it was no reflection on him as a person it was just more like a boxer, you know, going into a fight and I knew, you know, I wanted to replicate, I watched him win the tour and was in, you know, in admiration of win winning, winning that tour sat at home with a broken collarbone. And I, th- in some ways it was an, in, it was a contradiction. It was very inspirational watching him do that and realized that, you know, if Kandel can do it, because I always looked at the likes of Contador and Schlecks and that as these phenomenal athletes. Um, whereas Cadel was, um, coming from a mountain bike background and me kind of a track background was just a supreme talent at what he did and was able to transfer that to the road and win the tour de France. He was the first Australian winner of the tour. He won it towards the end of the race. I remember watching him after the time trial when he took the Jersey in Grenoble, um, with a day to go and the, just the satisfaction that, of, that he'd won the tour and that joy of how much it meant to him and what watching him win that is what stuck with me all winter. And you know, Lance Armstrong said something very interesting on an ESPN documentary this winter that I watched um, several times that Jan Ulrich got him out of bed every morning. Mm. Um, and Cadell was like that for me. Every time I went out, you know, he got me out of bed in the morning. And um, I remember getting to the Dauphiné Libre. I had the jersey after stage two, I think it was, and, and he started three two minutes ahead of me in the time trial that I won. And um, I remember I nearly caught him that day. And all I thought about the whole time was going after Cadell. And at the Tour de France as well, I think when I had the jersey, he was second and GC. Jordan-esque, it it became personal for me. Yeah, it did. Yeah, sadly. And, you know, I say that sitting here today, sadly, because life's not supposed to be like that. You know, this obsession, this unhealthy obsession, really, consumed me that Cadell was the person to beat. As it worked out, he wasn't the person to beat. It was my own teammate, Chris Froome, by the time we got there. But it just shows you how, you know, you have to fixate on someone. And I fixated in my head on Cadell. And that was probably because I admired him so much. But it became a love-hate thing.
0: All right, I know you were excited about talking to Cadell. We're really excited to hear this interview. Here it is now, Sir Bradley Wiggins
1: with Cadell Evans. Sir Cadell Evans. Thank you for joining me, Cadell, your star.
2: How are you
1: going? I was going to talk to you a bit this year, obviously the Giro d'Italia. Have you been keeping up with it? Have been watching it?
2: Oh, a little bit. Um, you know, I follow the, the racing from afar. It's um, in the Giro always. Yeah. Um, well, oh, some interesting names coming out, and um, I'm I'm actually probably going to go and visit a stage or two now that they've opened up the the borders
1: and we can go and visit. Yeah, of course, this year the big talk is uh, stage eleven and uh, the gravel stage. Um, we both raced on a similar stage in 2010, yeah, you know, amazingly, eleven years ago now, wasn't it? Stage seven to Montecino, which you won the world champs jersey. What uh, what are your memories of that day?
2: Um, I remember it was wet,
1: yeah, it was as very we all wet.
2: remember. No, um, no, most of all, it was one of my um, personal, uh, on a personal level, favourite victories of my career because it was such a dramatic day and a dramatic stage. But um, it was a stage that I'd um, really uh, focused on and prepared quite well for and done a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, Tire choice, wheel choice, bike choice, course reconnaissance, even reconnaissance the finish line and everything. I was, I was really quite well prepared for it. So when it um, I woke up and it was pouring rain, I was sort of rubbing my hands together, so this could be good. Um, mm. It really, uh, no, for me on a, on a personal level, I remember it well because, well, I've been asked a lot about it. Um, it was a very watch stage, but also it really was a test of everything that I'd had from my career. Um, of course, we all come to the sport through different um, different pathways. And I came from mountain bike, so to be there in the mud and the rain and being covered in mud, I was really I was really in my elements. So that day, I was yeah. um, I was actually enjoying it. I was probably the only one in the whole on the whole Pure Italia group that day that was.
1: Yeah, you you said about um, you'd put quite a bit of effort in behind the scenes. Do you think that um, there'll be much different now in terms of tire choices and that? Or do you think that that was obviously a new stage then back then, and it's been quite a. Uh, it's become quite kind of prominent now in these sort of Giro d'Italia. And do you think much would have changed in terms of equipment choice for this year's race?
2: I think now that we've had so many in-ground tours, more stages with dirt roads, but also the Stratabianca has become such a big race and such a watched race. And there's also been a whole uh, development of equipment around that. Um, The riders and the teams are much more experienced in that regard. We were probably going in a little bit into a little delving into the unknown in 2010 when we were racing there, but also the just the development of equipment has come so far, and the whole discipline of um, gravel cycling and so on has been so much development in equipment, tyres. The tube, tubeless technology, disc brakes, and all these things make the bike so much more adapted at those stages. But having said that, and as as you well know, we who race for the three-week overall, we have so much to lose on those days, whether it's a cobbled stage in the Tour de France or a gravel stage in the Giro you put everything, you prepare everything for that three week race, but you make a mistake on that day and you can, everything goes out the window. Mm. So you also have to be uh, very cautious as, as you well know, and, and anyone who, even if they're not looking to take time, they certainly don't want to be losing time. As, yeah. as everyone knows for three-week three week race, sometimes not making time, but not losing it. Yeah, amazingly next year,
1: i think it's it's 20 years next year since you held the pink jersey for the first time with Mapai in 2002. What are your memories going back to that day?
2: It was funny. I um, I went and unhooked it. I've got it framed on the wall. It's one of my few jerseys I've got hanging up on the wall. Actually, I want to hang it up in the background here. It's um oh it's become I suppose Bay team and everything's become such a um bit of a bit of a legend in cycling now. But uh, of course for me I was a neo professional in my first Grand Tour. Yeah. Yeah. T- Twenty years next year. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> That's um, alright. But. Um, <laughs> but uh, I um I, I went into that race as a bit of a the secret uh, the secret hope for Mapa. I was alongside uh, Stefano Garzelli who's probably working yeah, in the studio yeah. close close to uh, close to you are and um and that was the, just that just to being in the Giro that year with with Gaza, Gaza was already a bit of a drama in itself. Other than the fact that the Giro is always a drama, but going there as a new professional with Mapa as a team, it was in Italy and uh, your team leader who was in the pink jersey is no longer in the race, and you're sitting third, second on GC, mm. and then you ride I rode into the pink jersey on the uh, second last day in the mountains I think um, yeah, yeah. as a new professional never having done a three-week race in my life and um, yeah long story I lost a lot of time on the very last stage to the mountains but it was um, yes a, a, an incredible experience. It was quite an Italian race then wasn't it it's not as international as it is now was it? It's really uh, the Giro uh, for its own merits um, has become such a, of course the tour is um, still the most worldwide watched race but the giro is really it's about it's about the passionate cycling fans and I don't know for you but for me as a rider I love racing the giro because it is it is so dramatic and all these the little roads and the difficult conditions but uh, yeah, back then it was really um, it was about the Italian Italian teams focusing on that. And as an international rider, was why wasn't I riding the Tour de France? Was the question I would get say from Australia. But as a to be to be given the leadership of a team like Mappe as a neo pro was almost unheard of in that era. Mm. And and at the Giro d'Italia to be given the leadership of the Tour de France for the for the for that it wasn't such a big deal to be honest. They sent their best team to the Giro, so it was uh, it was it was a bit of a strange. But things have changed, and the has become more and more uh, international more and more watched and and that's yeah. great for the Giro and
1: great for cycling yeah 2013 obviously I was trying to win the race that year and um Vincenzo Nibali was was on another level that year for me but of course I remember by the time I was back home watching you of course on Chachimi de Lavaredo in the snow that was quite that was quite an epic day and it's become quite sort of synonymous with the Giro isn't it those epic days
2: yeah, I, um, what I found with the i and just looking, watching um, Ahmed, uh, a quick step the other day, I think he had suffering with the feeding and so on in the cold and the conditions and, and with the jira often not so much this year, but in past years where you, you, you start in the south, you're in quite warm weather and then you come into the north and you go into the mountains and it's such a shock to your uh, thermoregulation system that the cold weather, it's not... Well, sometimes it's snowing and it's really cold, but you just get knocked around by this really um, varied conditions, and then plus the roads, the Strada Bianca, the, the white roads of Tuscany, or the, the mountains. But even as you know, I think we had one stage there. I remember coming into Tuscany um, was uh, I think coming into Firenze, where you where you may have crashed in twenty thirteen.
1: Yes, correct. Might
2: have been the day and. Um, but yeah, what happened, I can't even remember the name of There, there was all these um, trees flowering at the time and I remember them because I, I had a bit of an allergy to them. One thing, these flowers had so much oil on them and they all hang over the roads and fall on the roads and all this oil accumulates on the road and it made the road so slippery. It was incredible. And um, I think we were riding the same brand of uh, wheels that year actually and I remember we were having a little bit of problems with the brake surfaces <laughs> and the um, braking break, in the wet there. I, I remember very well actually and um, – and But these are just the, the conditions that you um, you have to get used to, and, and that's where where I think it makes the Giro so much more dramatic because there is so much for things you just don't expect. These things just happen, road closures, landslides, course changes, snow, hail, all these things just happen that make it really quite unpredictable yeah. and, and dramatic.
0: Laka's collective cover is made especially for cyclists. This is bicycle insurance made for everyone, from Grand Tour winners to cyclists hitting the pedals for the first time. Lacquer has transformed traditional insurance with no more fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month, meaning you could pay nothing if nobody claims. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. Claims are handled by LACA's team of cycling experts and usually agreed within a day with no depreciation or excess. The Bradley Wiggins Show listeners can get their first 30 days free. Head over to www.lacker.co and sign up using the code Wiggins.
1: I mean, you raced through an era. Your career spanned so many years and um you raced with some some pretty big names in the sport from Lance Armstrong, Ulrich, Pantani, Gazzelli, the Schleck brothers, Contador. You know, looking back now, who did you fear the most or who, who was you most impressed by when, you know, Jan Ulrich? I mean, for me, I I can remember racing with Pantani in the two thousand three Giro and they were all my heroes. And um, you know, you you sort of spanned the similar similar generation. And when you look back now, it's um I think I realise more than ever now just what a, what an honour it was to race with yourself and so many other guys. Um, what about you? Who did you sort of, when you look back now, because you've got kind of to fear the most in terms of arrivals?
2: Yeah, I certainly, um, I, I'm, I'm the same now that years, years later you look back and you appreciate the guys you're with and the champions you're with and some of them, some of them unfortunately aren't even alive today. Um, but um, yeah, I had all these fantastic teammates in guys like um, Bettini and Gazelli and... Um, Uh, I was on a team with all the way through to George Hincapie, um, Oscar Freire in my early uh, early days at Mapay and I had all these fantastic teammates. But um, growing up, I was really Indrain. Miguel Indrain's first Tour de France in Mm. 1991 was the first one I watched, and he was always he was always for me the the ultimate in cycling. To finally meet to meet him at GP Indrain many years later as a rider was an honour, and he really is admired Mm. on the bike and off the bike. On the bike, he just seemed so. uh, unbeatable in his in his time Uh, and off the bike he's so such a gentle giant then racing well i always i always found myself head to head against um contador yeah and he was you know strong in the mountains he could do some incredibly good time trials and um but mentally he was he was a he was a tough nut to crack. If you go back and you look at the situation he was in in the two thousand and ten Tour de France when he was on the same team as Armstrong, and I remember I remember seeing him on the stage to um, uh, the Verbier. I'm speaking about the Tour here, but um, he was going back and getting his own bottles as a team leader for the Tour de yeah, France, which yeah. he won the stage of, and he won that Tour. And mm lady might have been corrected but anyway um, but just to see this like mentally to deal with this is just like who who could deal with this but I think Contador for me was the the hardest one when it was one on one with him it was like I, I had yeah. to have every, absolutely everything going just right for me and
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 11 years now since you won the tour, is it? 10 years, isn't it? 10 years, 2011 you won the tour, yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's time flies, doesn't it, and do you think now you see the guys like Jai Hindley and that, I mean, they look back to you and you were like catalysts for this resurgence in Australian cycling, I mean, of course, you would have looked up to the likes of Phil Anderson and that, but obviously Jai Hindley and these guys now, they're they're second in the Giro last year, what do you make of the current crop of Australians?
2: Um, oh, I hope hope that I was um, so, a bit of an inspiration or a bit of a um pave pave the way a bit. But I I see the same way. I see we the country sort of go through eras and whether it was Holland in the 80s or 90s and then um, Lance came and really opened the door to the English-speaking world but also to American cycling and then I hope that uh, I sort of enlightened uh, enlightened the Australian public in cycling and, and, and outside of cycling to the beauty of our sport and like you did with, with, with the English English population, the huge following um, that, that, that you moved from 2012 particularly uh, onwards was um, – the way I see it, um, and and now uh, we've got here. Jai Hindley obviously came in had a great result uh, last year, coming second. I think last year's Jira was also with the whole. All of us were in, in um, unprecedented times with the, with the whole pandemic situation. So in some ways, maybe that was. Um, I think that played into the some of the young riders' hands better. I think that to, to that will go into the unknown anyway. Whether they whereas the older riders. I think us as older, more experienced riders, we're a bit more stuck in our way and we know what boxes we have to tick to be satisfied and confident that, to be ready. Um, but then this year, unfortunately, Jai, things haven't been going well for him. But I see, um, oh, we have a couple of guys coming coming through um, a, little, a little bit later. But as you know, it takes many years to, to come through. We've always been a nature of sprinters, but um, oh, we've got one or two still, still coming through. And, um, oh, well, time will tell.
1: lastly Cadell, i'll just ask you what you're up to these days you're still getting out on the bike
2: yes um i still still ride still exercise and of course apart from these uh, travel restrictions and still involved with bmc the company and um being um of course keeping keeping on the bike for that reason but no, no, no public events going on that's been very quiet but i still ride i was out on my gravel bike yesterday um i'm still based in switzerland and um ride enjoy sport enjoy life have two young kids and um of course i had my own race when when this world opens up again the great ocean road race in january in australia well cadell it's been an absolute honor to speak to you again thank you very much for joining us great thank you very much for having me look after yourself you too look after yourself thanks very much mate see you thank you